The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian and David Wickert. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, the July 2nd edition. I'm Brian Wickert. Licensed real estate broker with Acunet Realty Advisors and majority owner of Acunet Mortgage, along with son David, who is our senior loan consultant, one of our senior loan consultants, also a managing owner and chief client experience officer. Uh, if you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text us on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, which is 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. And uh, David, today's kind of a special day. I was going to say happy uh, 40th wedding anniversary to both you yeah. and mom. And what time of day were you married? Uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. So, okay. boom. Okay. Got only Shortly an hour to here. Go. Yeah. Yeah, right there in Eau Claire, Wisconsin at uh, St. John's Lutheran Church. Becky's uh, dad, the Reverend Ernest Gilberts, uh, officiating along with her brother, John. And uh, it was a fun time, a beautiful day. And uh, couldn't be happier. 40 years of marriage. You yeah. never think that's going to happen when you're standing there at the altar. But all of a sudden, here we are. Here you are. Many houses uh, later, and mortgages. All right, uh, let's get started t- talking, David. Oh, you know what I should have done? I should have looked up what were mortgage rates in 1983. All right, we'll do that during a break, because uh, I bet they're a lot higher than they are now. Let's put things in perspective. It was yes. not a really good week for interest rates. Um, I think it was, was it on Thursday? We kind of had a little yep. uh, pop. A tantrum. A tantrum. Yeah. We're still technically within this within this range, uh, but but we had some things uh, go up. Let's talk about the why, and then we'll get to the what. David, why did interest rates uh, go the wrong way? Well, uh, so on Tuesday uh, there was a conference. CNBC had these four people all on the same stage. They had Fed Chair Powell, they had Christine Lagarde, who is the president of the European Central Bank. They had the Bank of England president and the Bank of Japan president all on the same stage. That is literally like four of the top five or six economies and their money people all on the same stage. I said they have a big dial. Do they have one big dial where they're changing mortgage rates across the world? What do they have on? What do they do? Well, the questions that they were all getting, because it's not just in the States, but worldwide. Hey, everyone's trying to beat back inflation in their own backyard. Can I just tell you, though, I had, if if the finance world, if, if all of them were Milwaukee sports figures, those four people, that's like having Bart Starr, Lou Alcindor, Robin Yount, and Al McGuire all on the same stage. Whoa. That is that's... the finance equivalent of Milwaukee sports figures. There it was go. a big deal. And they all were talking about, hey... We've we've done a lot of good work, you know, trying to rein inflation back in, but we're not done and we're not kidding. Uh, and each of them are dealing with that in their own way. I mean, honestly, Japan's kind of excited there's a little bit of inflation because they haven't had much of that. England's got inflation worse than we do, and Chair Powell, you know, is in charge of the biggest economy in the world. He was kind of right down the middle. But rates, you know, react. Anytime those people speak publicly the whole bond and mortgage world pays attention. 
And so to summarize, they were like, yeah, we're not kidding. We don't think rates are coming down and inflation is going to stay sticky. So nobody can pretend like there's relief uh, or I mean, maybe some relief, but not like, whoa, rates have plummeted. Well, I stopped into a closing on Friday at the office and, um, you know, the people, even really smart People, they don't think about this stuff all the time. And just to say it one more time, uh, it's not the Federal Reserve that's making mortgage rates high. It's this thing called inflation that occurred uh, during COVID when um, supplies were scarce and people had a lot of money in their pocket. And so yeah. they spent it driving up prices of goods and services. So yes. inflation is not good for an economy. You can kind of get on a runaway like it was when actually your mother and I got married yeah. 40 years ago. Inflation, we're going to look that up on the first break and see what was inflation, what were interest rates back then, because yeah. you don't want high inflation. So inflation was 9% last summer. What is the latest? Uh, the Fed's preferred measurement of inflation is called the core uh, personal consumptions expenditures index. And yes. what did that come down to this week? That came in at 4.6% on Friday. That's year over year. Month over month was 0.3. And it was kind of just like, woohoo, we didn't, we didn't get fatter. We didn't get skinnier. We're kind of just Holding barely, yeah, bumping along. And we're trying to get down to two folks. So, um, and what's going to make that happen is a recession, which has been predicted, and you know, it's right around the corner, yeah. and it it is not materializing. In fact, I think this week we also got a upward revision in the gross domestic product, which is the measurement of all the goods and services made and bought in in America, and that went the wrong way, you know, meaning not a recession, yeah. and so. We're kind of stuck here for a little while. Now, those people have no idea why rates are what they are, who I stopped in on on Friday. Um, I said something like, you know what, they will eventually come down, but this recession uh, keeps not materializing. By the way, um, the current rate that you could get on a 30-year fixed rate uh, with a uh, 25% down on the median sales price uh, of $340,000, that was the median sales price in June so far on the mm -hmm. data, mm -hmm. uh, you could still get 6.99%, uh, but you'd have to get, you'd have to pay um, some points in order to get that. You would have to pay a half a point, one half a percent of hmm. interest up front to get that 6.99 rate. All right, when we come back, let's just talk a little bit about the flash numbers in terms of the supply and demand of houses for sale in the metro Milwaukee area. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, the older guy, and that is the younger, taller, more handsome David Wickert over there. And uh, I just blurted out the, the end of the week, 30-year uh, fixed rate for a $255,000 mortgage loan with 25% down and all the other right stuff, which now means 760 or higher credit. And the answer was that we could get a rate of 6.99 if you're willing to pay one half of 1% of the loan balance up front in terms of points. And what I forgot to say don't send me to jail, is that the annual percentage rate was 7.05%. Now, we mentioned at the top of the show, today is uh, Becky and my 40th wedding anniversary. David, what were mortgage rates 40 years ago? Uh, so we have this data. Freddie Mac, they, they put out a survey going back and back and back and back. July 1st, 1983, the day before, you could secure a 30-year fixed rate mortgage for 13.08%. Mm. And pay 2.1 points to get it that low. Nice. 
Wow. And then we bought our first house uh, a year later. Do you have it handy? What, what, well, yeah, what come on. What, what month or week? I can look it up week by week. Mm, let's let's go with uh, June. I think it was June. June. Uh, yes, 14.5% June okay. of 84. And so Paying we two did, and a half points. Oh, perfect. So we did not take a 30-year fixed rate at that time, by the way. The mortgage industry had gotten very exotic. And so uh, they designed a mortgage where your rate was artificially low. Uh, it was called a step EOM, early ownership mortgage. And so you weren't even paying enough money at the beginning to cover the interest. Okay, so your principal balance was going up. Uh, but then your payment increased every year. Uh, so that you actually ended up having it ultimately paid off in 20 years. Okay. It was the craziest darn thing, but somebody at work had gotten that mortgage. And I said, that sounds good. I wonder if I qualify. And at the time I was working in the music publishing industry and your mother was a music therapist. And so we um, got approved somehow, got a house under contract, closed, lived there a year, sold, moved to California and lost money on the sale. See, because it's all about life events, isn't it? Didn't yes. matter what interest rates were. No. Didn't matter what real estate prices were. Same as now, just at a, at a different level. Um, I s said that I wanted to give you a flash reading on uh, supply and demand. So, you know, we don't have all the numbers in yet for home sales in June because Friday was June 30th, and there were a lot of, of oh, yeah. uh, home Busy purchase day. closings on the last Friday of the month. Uh, but I can tell you, looking at the listings, and there might be a day short of listings but looking at the flash number uh we are and this is in the five county milwaukee metropolitan area for a single family detached and condos mm -hmm. we're off about 30 percent. 32 is the number i'm looking at but i think eh, maybe we'll get, see some more data show up next week that means that there were about 900 fewer homes listed for sale in june compared to a year earlier i also went back and looked at June of 2019, the most recent pre-pandemic year. Same yeah. story. The only good news I can say is it's about the same uh, number of listings as in May. Uh, okay. A little more. So we're better than May, but you know, not not as good as last year. Do you have a comment on that at all, David? Or not? I, I just and the other thing too. You know, you're talking about supply. You know, demand. I, I'm not sure how we could necessarily measure this, but. I think there are probably more buyers today than in 2019. You know, also, so it could be a double whammy. Uh, Putting but, a bigger but, pinch. Oh, yeah. Well, the, uh, the, I did talk, we've talked several times about a condo shopper uh, that I've been working with all year, mm -hmm. basically. And I touched base with him uh, last Thursday. And remember, he was looking in the low 200s in Waukesha County. Probably wrote about four or five offers and lost out every time, even though he, you know, eventually started his mindset was, well, I'm not going to pay over asking. And then quickly learned that if I'm not willing to pay over asking, I am not going to own a condo. Yeah. So he started offering, you know, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars over asking. So a good 10% was still getting not yeah. in first place. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, you know what? I re-upped on my lease. I re-upped on my lease uh, effective July 1st because I just don't know when this is going to get any better we had the conversation about hey well let's let's look forward to next year let's say in right. spring okay you're reading my mind okay yeah let's say spring rates instead of being a 6.99 are back down to six or or you know because that's what fannie mae's projection is mm -hmm. or maybe the high fives do you think that is going to increase or decrease the 
number of interested buyers. Your answer, David? Uh, it's it's going to there's, there'll be a swarm of people who come back into the market because whatever the mental hurdle is, obviously something that starts with a five is more attractive than something starts with a six or a seven. This is yep. my version of this is do it when it's hard because when it's easy, then everybody shows up. Yeah. And what's the big unknown is, is there some magic interest rate at which existing homeowners, because nobody in southeastern Wisconsin anyway is, is building a $300,000 home, no. you know, when is inventory going to reawaken? And that, I think, is the really tough uh, answer. Or, is that a question? Riddle? Yeah, that's a question. Puzzle? To which we don't know the answer. All right. When we come back, what are we going to talk about, David? I want to tell a story about a family uh, business owner, third-generation family business owner, if only because, like a lot of things, the devil's in the details, and I just want to talk that through for all of our listeners. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David. That's Brian over there. Dad, I have a, I have a client, third-generation business owner, and called in on a referral from his dad, who I had helped uh, buy a place up north earlier this year. And he was like, I, I would imagine the conversation went something like, son, you know who you got to call? David over at Acunet. And their um, tale is old as time. They got teenagers now. The house isn't big enough, and they want to get into a new place. You know, what makes it interesting is, you know, he's not a W-2 employee working at Johnson Controls. He's self-employed. So I get to bug him for two years tax returns, uh, two years of everything, basically, and the business is doing well, absolutely, they can qualify for their next place. For any business owner out there, though, you had talked about your friend and mm -hmm. client. It's like, please, for all of you business owners and entrepreneurs out there listening, we can absolutely help you, but like, let's get the paperwork so that we can, let's get your tax returns, let's get the business tax returns so that we can feel good about the game plan on paper. Because in this conversation, the paperwork wasn't really the point. It's nice to have it done. But that's not really the point. What they're trying to achieve is a tale as old as time. We need more space. We need more house. And for them, we want to buy the new place before we sell the old place. Okay, so that's like 70% of the market, I think. Maybe 30% yeah. of the market is first-time homebuyers. Everybody else has to figure out how to navigate. I got this old house. How am I going to exactly. get from point B to point A? And, of course, we still think, and I believe it's true, if you write an offer contingent on the sale of your existing home, it is highly unlikely that that offer is going to get accepted. So what are the alternatives that you went through for, for this? Uh, for this, buyer? So for this client, they had two paths. One, they got a lot of equity in their old place okay. or soon-to-be old place. So, you know, bridge loan was definitely one of my uh, tools that I reached for in my mortgage carpenter box. Do carpenters have boxes? Anyway. Yes, they do. Okay. Um he didn't really it, it it's available to us but so the other one the other option that they um have they have cash which that is thing number one down payment on a house cash is king uh but for how them much, the, how much can they put down in the new place so and that so that's the next part the cash that they have available makes up i'm going to call us about 10% of the down payment for the oh. goal house that they have 10% of the purchase price. 10% so of the purchase price. So they could price. put 10% on. Oh, that's not the strongest of offers, well, but go on. And so, um, 
you know, when they sell their previous home, they've got, I'm going to call it three times as much, you know, uh, so let's call it a hundred grand in, in equity that they'll clear from the sale of their house. Okay. You know, it'll be, I'll, I'll be interested. Obviously I brought up, you know, Hey, I want you to make the strongest offer that you can. They kind of weren't there yet. Okay. Uh, in using all the tools, I, I I held up both tools and they picked one, and when really it could have been like we can use both. Hey, got an idea? What about strongest? What about getting them pre-approved for the bridge loan? You know? Oh, absolutely. And, and they don't have to use it, but maybe that's just a you know we'll talk about that ready. you know in real life. But you know that way, and the way I understand that would have to be done in Wisconsin is you would have to disclose that they are getting two mortgages, but then they would present. Um, the pre-approvals from two pre-approvals, one from Acunet and one from the bridge loan lender. Hey, yep. we've verified everything. They're ready to go. And so, you know, it would look like a bigger down payment to the uh, seller. So not, consider Not just that. look like, but could be. Um, right, right. Rather than just going out there with 10%. But if they go, do execute with it, and the reason why people want to uh, avoid bridge loans right now, David, is I'm guessing the rather high interest rate because the prime rate's like at eight and a quarter, right? Correct. I, well, and any time that that comes up, I have kind of one of two responses. One, it doesn't matter. You're not going to hang on to this bridge loan for long enough for the interest rate to you know to impact you. Right. Yeah. So let's talk or, about it. What is the cost per month? Because the payment on a bridge loan is interest only. Correct. So let's talk about the real carrying costs of a bridge loan. It may not be as scary as you think. Right. But go on. Well, and the second piece is um, the... the so, well, the, the... once once they sell the house, if if they go ahead with their plan, which is we're going to put ten percent down, now a month after I buy the new place or two months after I sell my old place, now I got a hot hundred thousand burning a hole hey, in my pocket. I want to pay down that principal balance on nice. my. Can we help them do that? Absolutely. So we that's called a recast, which is you you pile that money into the new mortgage and then you restretch as if that were the starting mortgage amount from the very beginning yeah you recalculate but, the monthly payment but i opened up the door because i said there is neither uh hurry uh nor cost so let's consider you got this hundred thousand dollars burning a hole in your pocket what else could you do with it and when let me cover that when we come back from this news break now it's time to turn it over to wyatt barmore pooley at the 24-hour news desk don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Thanks for joining us uh, on this edition of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. Remember, you can uh, call or text us on the Old National Bank Talk or text line, which is 855-616-1620. There you go, Old National Bank at Old. And uh, so, David, we're talking about some clients of yours who are looking to buy their next house before selling their old house. They're kind yeah. of allergic to the idea of a bridge loan, which is a, a mortgage on the existing residence. It can either be in second lien position or it can pay off the entire first mortgage and then extract equity. So it's nothing but a fan. A bridge loan is nothing but a fancy name for a home equity loan yeah. or line of credit. And it's on the old home. We're helping you extract some of the equity on your old home because you can only borrow up to 80% of the value of the house. So yep. there's got to be a 20% cushion left there. But they're kind of resistant to that idea, probably because of the interest rate is going to be like yeah. eight or what's what's the going rate on a, do you happen to know on a bridge loan? Eight and a quarter? More than, more than prime. Prime right now is eight and a quarter. So, but okay. It's so not, eight, I don't, it's eight allergic. It's just like, it's like, I got, but I got this cash over here. I think that's more the, can and I just use that what enough? I got? 
And yeah. but he only has enough to put a ten percent down payment. David and I think maybe that's not enough in a competitive market, you yeah. know, to win the deal. Maybe it is. Um, okay, so so now we're talking about great. You did buy it with ten percent down. Yeah. Now you're going to be paying, in his case, on a loan amount of uh, three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars because of his super fabulous credit. How much is that monthly PMI going to be? Forty four dollars and sixty three cents a month. Okay, and, and so. Th- the question is, hey, now you got this hot money in your hand. What if I paid it? What if I used it to pay down the principal balance? You know, because I want to get rid of that forty-four dollars per month. Plus, if he lowers his uh, principal balance uh, by another fifty-two grand, fifty-two five, uh, he can petition uh, to have his PMI removed as long as he has a good payment track record. Mm-hmm. And then the loan servicer has to also believe that the property value hasn't gone down. So if this happens quickly enough, that's a no-brainer. Yep. Doing that, if he wanted to reduce his principal amount by fifty-two-five, that would lower his payment by three hundred ninety-four bucks a month. So that's the argument in favor of redeploying the winnings, at least some of it, from his uh, sale of his existing home. Yep. yep. Uh, if you just kind of look at that, though, from a well, what if I held on to it uh, and just kept it in the bank? You know, if you just set that money, if you took that fifty-two-five, you're like, you know what? I could either pay down my principal balance or stick it in. I know a treasury bill right now that's earning five and a half percent. Just yeah. by the way, yeah. you could supplement your payment that three hundred ninety-four dollars for only a hundred and thirty-three months. That's, that's a long time. Yeah, that's more than ten. That's eleven years. That's eleven years. Okay, so that's one alternative. Um, so, you know, maybe, and if he clears 100, maybe he should go halvesies. Maybe he should put enough down to get rid of the PMI. I don't know. I, what, so I describe um, whether it's PMI or I'm going to say mortgage money, sometimes PMI is a burden and sometimes PMI is a tool. Yeah. And for this family, it, it's a tool. The $44 a month is not significant in terms no. of their monthly income. Not at all. Like, take it easy on the guacamole, and you can fit 45 bucks into your budget on a monthly basis. And I think, as you've both taught our listeners and myself and all of our loan consultants, it's turning on the light and pointing at the boogeyman. You know, PMI, the bank insurance, that's, that's $100 a month, ain't it? No, it's no. $44 a month. Right, And but this client, how would they know that? Right? They it's, wouldn't know that. Right. When in their life would they have thought, well, you know what? We pay our bills on time. We've got this great credit. That means we can borrow cheap, both cheaper on the interest rate itself and cheaper on the PMI also. I'll, I'll be curious, as their home buying journey you know, evolves, um, I'll just be curious what they eventually decide. Because this is a spreadsheet answer, as I have started to call it. Right. If in real life... He and his spouse, they can't sleep at night unless they roll all that equity into their next place. The only answer they're going to hear from me is, sounds good, because right. it's their life. But, but I think we want, we, want, we want to detail what the actual numbers are, because otherwise you're deciding based on only the emotions with no facts. Correct. Yep. We're, we're in the, let's give people information so that you can make a, a, a whatever decision you want to make, but at least let us help you understand the facts. It's the same thing that we do. When we show people how they can buy homes uh, and offer appraisal wiggle room, right, yeah. where 
hey, you know what? You can afford to say, I'm going to buy this house for 350 even if it appraises out as low as 325 and not bring any more cash to closing. That is a card trick that never gets old. No. Right? Because everybody assumes they have to fill the gap with cash. Heck, the uh, Wisconsin offer to purchase form even now assumes the only way to address that situation is to fill it with cash. Maybe we should just touch on that uh, yeah. uh, that scenario. Plus, I've got a couple of other PMI-related stories. When we come back, you're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian, the elder. That's David over there, my son and chief client experience officer here on the 40th anniversary of Brian and Becky's wedding uh, edition of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. And uh, so we're talking about uh, helping people you know, buy homes. We just got done talking about helping them, you know, hang on to their old house and buy the new house at the same time. Yep. Um, the other thing that comes up frequently, and that can can involve the use of the excellent tool called private mortgage insurance, nothing to be afraid of. I was uh, mentioned right before this last break, hey, you know what? It's the same fact-based education that we want to help people with. Uh, about bridge loans and how to get from place A to place B. The same fact-based conversation, and what we love to do is have our clients uh, join a meeting. It's, uh, we use a software called GoToMeeting, similar to Zoom, where you can look at our loan consultant's computer screen, and we can go through item by item. We have a very cool proprietary comparison tool that we've had yeah. and developed and kept refining for all 24 years of our existence, and we can show you, hey, what happens if you write the offer Let's say that there's a home listed for $315,000. You know there's going to be 15 offers. And you say, okay, I'm going to offer 350000 bucks and put 20% down. That's my offer. Okay. Well, the thing that's really going to help the seller like your offer when you're that far over the asking price is to give them some wiggle room on the appraisal. And so if you're real estate agent doesn't know exactly how to do this, we can certainly work with them and give them examples of what we've seen other agents use. But the basic idea is you modify the appraisal contingency that says, hey, I'm going to still pay you 350 as long as the home appraises at your asking price of 315000 $315,000. Yeah. And 100 out of 100 people would assume, oh, I'm going to have to come up with that extra money if the appraisal comes in that low. And in fact... The Wisconsin Offer to Purchase embeds that incorrect idea into its language. So we have to help, you know, the real estate agent, your buyer's agent, has to modify that well. Because here is the fact, David. You know this. How much more money out of pocket does a home buyer need to bring? I'm using the the example where they have 780 credit, uh, 780 FICO score, really good credit. The answer is zero. Zero. All that happens is that we have to sprinkle a little private mortgage insurance onto that loan because in our very worst-case scenario, instead of 20% equity from the eyes of the mortgage world, because we get to use the lesser of the agreed-upon purchase price or the appraised value, oh, now you only have 10% equity to start out. The cost of the PMI, in my example, is, drumroll if we had it, $39.67 a month. Yeah. Instead of coming out of pocket for thirty-five thousand, yes. so these are the kind of eye-opening illustrations that we do every day. Well, we, and we, and then ahead. that translate into what it takes to win. 
If only because I think home buyers might hold themselves back, right? Hey, I don't have the cash, right, to bridge so, the gap, yep. or I don't want to have to go ask for the a gift or pull from my retirement if it comes in low. It allows buyers knowing all the tools and how to use the tools. It allows you to be the strongest most aggressive version of yourself that you would choose to be that you're willing to do yeah. all right so um i got a call uh, on thursday from a good friend a financial advisor one of his clients and friends sons is uh engaged and they were really looking for a house but they went and saw one <laughs> i told the client I, I told the client this week my dad calls it shopping for puppies and that's and exactly it, what she said he, tell him why that's shopping for that's he right. picked up my metaphor. He's like, we're just window shopping. We haven't gone into the actual, you know, puppy mm. store yet. Yeah. But these right. folks, they went in, they picked up the puppy, the puppy uh, licked them on the face. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, you know what? We think we've got to write an offer on this house. <laughs> and, and so a couple of interesting things about this are that, A, they're both uh, young professionals. Um, and, and, of course, they have enough money to put 5% down, right, Perfect. of their own savings. And um, and yet, in the conversation, I said, you know what, let's, let's talk about how we might want to approach your folks and see if they would be willing to give you a gift. Yeah. If not actually transfer the cash, at least sign the letter that says we're willing to give you a gift because, as we all know, a bigger down payment is better in the eyes of the seller. Can you, what, so, market, what market were these young professionals looking in? Competitive, Waukesha, I bet. Okay. Yep, Waukesha County uh, in the mid 400s, okay, <laughs> okay. It, which is a hot segment. However, yeah, the yeah. puppy that they were looking at had been on the market almost an entire week without an offer yet. Hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit more when we come back. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station, AM620, WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. That's David over there, my son, and uh, I'm the old guy, Brian. And we're talking about uh, helping people buy homes in this market, first-time home buyer who uh, went and looked at a property, uh, I think probably on Wednesday of last week, got a hold of us through his dad's financial advisor on Thursday morning. We had a conversation, kind of went through the basics of home buying and got his profile. And then I had some appointments, so I connected him with uh, brother-in-law, your brother-in-law, my son-in-law, Tim Holdman, sometime co-host of the show. And Tim was able to get him a credit verified pre-approval in you know within an hour, um, and and then we're working on uh, the rock solid guaranteed pre-approval, which won't be hard. But the couple of concepts here is they have five percent of their own money, and and you know that's on the lower end of the down payment. The, I guess the lowest we have for some buyers is zero percent down. Three mm percent -hmm. uh, down would also be a possibility for these first-time home buyers. Uh, we can do that up to a loan amount of, what is it, 726100 David? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but they have 5%, so you know, 5% is better than 3. We put out the idea of, hey, let's talk to your parents about signing a gift letter and committing to giving you a gift to bolster the down payment amount, which is stronger in the eyes of that seller. Uh, but then we, we also started going down this road. 
okay, you're putting 5% down. They're both professionals. Can we leave one of them off the application? So these people aren't married yet, and but they both want to be on the title, and they both mm. want to be on the note, the promise to pay back the mortgage. Yeah. And so Tim did the check down, which is, uh, first of all, they, they make too much money combined to get our super special first-time homebuyer money, yep. which I believe is still out there at 5.875%, mm -hmm. uh, with an APR, depending on your credit, of about 63 um, so they make too much money for that program. Oh, next stop in our menu of do you qualify for special money? Yeah. Well, here we have the option of leaving one of them off the application. Uh, but then what is the current uh, um, home ready, home possible limit, David? Do you have that off the top of your uh, head? It's about, in most of southeastern Wisconsin, it's just a touch over $80,000 per year of what you put on the application. Okay. So so the issue here is they don't exactly make the same thing. One of them makes more than eighty, and one of them makes less than 80000 And so they don't qualify with the... Um, borrower who makes the less than the 80 grand so all right, that's out oh but now there's another window that opened earlier this year yep. where they do qualify and and so they are going to get a below market rate uh because tim is excellent at his craft and went down the checklist like a pilot you know about to take off with first-time home buyers and said okay here we got this special 30-year fix it's not the most special 30-year fix money but it's pretty special. It's the one that's available to us. Well, in every loan consultant, it's how can I find for our clients the best, cheapest money? And we, we all go through that checklist. There's not just one way. Mortgage loan consultants are like carpenters, and we craft excellent mortgages using all the tools and programs available to us. Wow, I like it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the other thing that we did in my initial conversation with his dad's financial advisor, who was the introductory party here, we had a three-way call, and educated them a little bit on, hey, you know what, interest rates are up from where they've been, you know, historically of late, uh, but also kind of in the recent cycle. We're sort of waiting for them to go down. And I said, what Tim is going to show you is a really sexy low rate with a significant amount of closing costs. And that's what yeah. 9 out of 10 first-time homebuyers think is what they should do. Let's plunk it down and want the lowest payment. We're going to show you something in the middle, and then we're going to show you something with a higher rate and really low closing costs. And so I asked his financial advisor, uh, you know, given where the world thinks interest rates are going, which is eventually down, mm -hmm. you know, what do you think this fellow, let's call him Jack, not really his name, do you think he should pay a lot of money to get the low rate now or go in the middle or go with the lower cost? And it's like definitely go for the lower cost because you should be in the next year or two be able to stag that lower rate without all the cost through yeah. refi. Now, we cannot guarantee that because we don't know if he's going to keep his job, right? Sure. But as long as you he's, a, he's at least going to keep his money, we'll That's say right. that. That's right. You know what I want to talk about next week, David, is um, the where are values headed? Yeah. Because you know the conversation I had with that condo buyer who kind of gave up temporarily is, oh, this has got to be a bubble, right? Uh, prices are going to come down next year. No. The short answer is I don't think so. But let's talk. Uh, about that in more detail on next week's show. Where are prices headed? Because I did just see a headline. Median sales prices are up 10% nationwide in the first half of 2023. Yeah. Huh. What do you know? Supply and demand, folks. That's what it's all about. Well, that's all the time we have for today's show. Happy anniversary, honey. We made it through 40 years. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> probably not another 40 coming, but more than more than four. 
I hope. (laughs) All right. Thanks, David. You've been listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The Accident Mortgage and Realty Show is paid for in full by Accident Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Accident Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands.